Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a Stranger Things podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Dom. And tonight's mystery to solve is Season 1, Episode 4, The Body. So hello and welcome to The Ravens, a Stranger Things podcast, where it's always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in, as tonight's mystery to solve is... Season 1, Episode 4, The Body Dom. We're here, we're in the mind pond. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm very good, thank you. How have you been? Ankle deep in that, in that mind pond water, as always. Constant. Toes are shriveled up. <laughs> you know, skin is brittle because just constantly wet. And uh, getting sores all over the place. But besides that, I'm good. Do you have a synopsis for us for this episode? Would I be doing my job if I didn't? You wouldn't. Well, then I do. Because you always do your job and you always do it to the utmost, highest, premium possible standard. And with that, please... Take it away, my friend. Okay, I will do. I said this last week and I said it the week before, but this synopsis is longer than all of them so far. And I think as the episodes go on, the more detailed they are, the longer they get. And that's kind of like Stranger Things, the show. Each As the seasons go on, the episodes get longer and more detailed. So perfect. <laughs> Basically. So um, bear with me. I'll get for it as quick as I can. And uh, I always apologize for any mistakes I make along the way. So here we go. Here's the synopsis. So season one, episode four, the body. And here's the start. So Hopper is at Joyce's house telling her that they found Will's body in the quarry. She refuses to believe him, saying that she's just talked to him. She tries to explain how Will communicates through the lights. Both Hopper and Jonathan dismiss her crazy sounding claims. Hopper sympathetically tells Joyce that he went through a similar type of grief when his daughter died, and Joyce insists that Will is not dead. Hopper leaves, and Joyce gets an axe from the shed. In his basement, Mike is looking through Will's drawings, and Eleven is listening to Static on his walkie-talkie. He snaps at her to stop, um, and then yells at her for lying about Will being alive. Eleven continues to fiddle with the walkie-talkie until they can hear Will's voice shakily singing should i stay or should i go jonathan wakes up joyce who fell asleep on the sofa with the axe uh, and they have to go to the morgue to identify will's body at the morgue joyce and jonathan see the body through a window jonathan runs away and joyce yells at the coroner that whatever she's looking at is not her son's body hopper and jonathan try to reason with her but she refuses to identify the remains as will's Jonathan tells her that she can't fall apart and Joyce tells him she knows she sounds crazy but maintains that she heard Will talk to her. Mike tells Karen that he doesn't think he can go to school and Karen doesn't fight him letting him stay home alone. Once she's gone she calls Lucas on the he calls Lucas on the walkie-talkie and tells him that um and Dustin to meet it with him. Lucas is skeptical of course uh, but agrees. <laughs> At Mike's house, they listen to the walkie-talkie, but can't hear anything definite. They realise that they will need a better radio, uh, and will you need to use Mr. Clark's Clark's Heath kit radio. 
I guess, uh, at the school. They disguise Eleven in an old dress of Nancy's and a blonde wig. Um, she looked a bit like E.T. here. I think this was an E.T. reference. Uh, seeing her new look, Mike calls her pretty. Eleven looks at herself in the mirror and seems pleased with her appearance. At Hawkins Lab, a scientist named Shepard, dressed in a full-body uh, hazmat suit, goes into the web that leads to the other world. Dr. Brenner has him attached to a cable so that he can be reeled back in. Shepard disappeared uh, into the unknown and the web wall closes behind him. Nancy is taken out of class by police officers questioning her about Barb's disappearance. They tell her that Karen, they tell her and Karen, sorry, that Barb's car is no longer near Steve's house and that she probably ran away. Nancy argues that Barb wouldn't do that. They ask about what Nancy and Steve were doing together and Nancy says they were just talking. Karen seems upset at the police station hopper asks his co-worker gary about the state troopers who brought in will's body gary tells him that they claimed jurisdiction on the case and did not let gary see the body the boys and 11 bike to school to attempt to enter the radio room but it's locked mr clark discovers them and tells them that assembly for will is about to start and that they should be there they try to argue but mr clark uh, gives them the key to the room and tells them that they can use it after the assembly. The boys introduce him to Eleven as Mike's Swedish cousin, Eleanor. Second cousin. Uh, that's a, a, an added element by Dustin in the episode. I, I was adding it like as if I was him. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. it. You beautiful man. Uh, at the wheelhouse, Nancy and Karen fight over what Nancy told the police. Nancy admits to Karen that she slept with Steve, but that it doesn't have anything to do with Barb's disappearance and expresses her frustra- frustration that no one seems to care about her friend being missing. She runs up to her room and looks at the ripped up photo of Barb sitting by the pool. She... Puts the photo back together. She sees a strange figure off to the side. She tapes the photo back together. At Hawkins Lab, Brenner is communicating with Shepard, who describes the area as corroded. Then Shepard, clearly afraid, says that something else there. A deep growling can be heard, and Brenner tries to reel Shepard back. The tension of the cable breaks, and when the cable is reeled in, and the remains all that remains is the connector of Shepard's suit, covered in blood. The boys in Eleven sit through the memorial assembly with Will. They hear James and Troy laughing and mocking Will. After assembly, Mike confronts the boys, who continue to insult him. Mike pushes Troy down, and Troy lunges for Mike, but stops, apparently unable to move. They all see that Troy has (laughs) soiled his pants, and everyone laughs at him. Mike and Eleven make eye contact, and Eleven smiles, wiping her bloody nose, indicating that she caused that to happen. Nancy finds Jonathan attempting to choose a coffin for Will. She asks him about the figure in the photo, and Jonathan has no explanation for it. He tells Nancy that Barb was there one second and then gone. Nancy confides in Jonathan about the creature she saw at Steve's house. Jonathan asks her to describe it. Jonathan realises that the creature Nancy saw is the same one Joyce saw coming through the wall. Hopper is having drinks at a bar, and he buys a stranger a drink and tells him, that his daughter won a spelling bee. The stranger asks her name and Hopper pauses before saying her name is Sarah. Then he tells the stranger he recognises him and the stranger explains that he's a trooper who found the body of Will Byers. Hopper asks if the quarry where Will was found is state-run and when the stranger confirms that, Hopper explains that the quarry is run by the Sattler company and he asks why the trooper is lying to him. The trooper angrily tells him to mind his own business. The shot changes to Hooper beating up the trooper outside the bar and demanding to know 
what the trooper was doing there. He finally confesses that he was told to not let anyone get close to the body. Hopper asks who he works for, and then he hears a car pull up. He runs up to confront the car, which drives away. The trooper runs away. Joyce plays, should I stay or should I go at her, at her house and frustratedly yells at the lights to talk to her. Mike, Eleven, Lucas and Dustin go into the room with Mr. Clark's radio and Eleven's attempts to reach Will. She has a flashback at a time in Hawkins' lab. Brenner is asking her to find a man in a photo, not to hurt him, but to listen to what he says and repeat what he says back to him. Eleven closes her eyes and concentrates. She sees a man in a room reading words from a list. Brenner asks her to repeat the words and the lights flicker out as the man's voice can be heard reading random words. Back in the present, Eleven is concentrating and the light in the radio room goes out. The boys hear a clanging on the radio. Joyce hears the same clanging and turns off the music. She hears Will whimpering and calling, Mom! His voice is coming from inside the wall. Joyce screams that she is there at the same time the boys can call to Will over the radio. The wallpaper, uh, the wallpaper parts, the wallpaper parts, sorry, to reveal a red window into the alternate reality. She can see Will through the red, but she just can't touch him. A monster growls and Will says in terror that it's coming. Joyce begs Will to tell her how to get to him. The boys hear Will on the radio say that he's in the place that is just like home, but dark, cold and scary. Joyce tells Will that she will find him, but she has to, but he has to hide. The wall closes over the portal window, revealing that the wall is, is as it was before. In the radio room, a fuse blows and the radio erupts into flame. Eleven, visibly fatigued, seems unable to move. The boys help her and carry her out of the room. Joyce takes the axe and chops a hole in the wall, only to reveal the normal outside of her house. The camera pans away from the house as she stares out of the hole in confusion and despair. Jonathan and Nancy develop a zoomed-in version of the photo of Barb with the creature. While they were waiting for the photo to develop, Nancy, Nancy awkwardly asked Jonathan about his photography hobby. Jonathan admits that he would rather observe people than interact with them. Uh, the clearer and large picture of the creature appears... And Nancy says that that is the creature she saw at Steve's house. They realise that if Joyce was right about the creature, she might be right about Will still being alive. And if so, Barb might also still be alive. Hopper drives back to the morgue, pretending that he's still there to retrieve his hat. A trooper stops him, but, knock, but Hopper knocks him out and steals his keys. He finds Will's body and touches it, realising something is not right. He cuts open the chest, revealing that it is a fake body stuffed with cotton. Hopper now realises that Joyce was right. Lonnie comes to Joyce's house late at night. He asks her what happened to the wall and she tearfully embraces him. Hopper drives to Hawkins' lab and cuts through the chain link fence to break in. Yeah. (laughs) That's so much in there. So much of that (laughs) is, is just there, man. It's just all there. There there it is, there it was. Episode four. So Ratings? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. What <do> we... <laughs> well, I it's uh it's a good episode. It really is moving everything everything along nicely. Like the the development and unraveling of the mysteries that we obviously know the answers because to most of it because we're at the end of season four in our viewing 
uh, timeline. But the 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 storytelling is is really nice. Like they're not just giving it to you all the way. It's like like how Spielberg did Jaws, you know, in that you only we've only seen Gordon a couple of times, you know, and only slightly. We haven't seen him in his full uh form, you know. I know that we do see that towards the end of the season, but I think the that's part of the art of the storytelling is that uh reserving that so that it builds up that anticipation and nervousness. I think what I do really like about it, though, as well, is normally in a TV show these days, if someone is right about something, but they're acting a little bit crazy and unusual, and there's suspicion of them just like completely losing their mind, it's it's played on for so long. And we've got to episode four, and we're now already starting to believe Joyce. And that's what I really like about this, is we haven't got to episode eight, 10, 15, or whatever, and Joyce is still an absolute nutbag. We've got to episode four, and it's like... <laughs> Holy shit, we didn't believe her, but we absolutely should have done. And this is what I really like about the, the, the passage in this episode in particular is that it's the turning point of people starting to understand and starting to believe her. Hopper believes her. Jonathan believes her. Nancy's going to believe her because she's seen something weird as well. You know, the boys are going to, um, believe Eleven because, y- y- you know, she's got these powers and she was saying that Will's alive. And the the whole point at the beginning of the episode was just like, we do, we don't believe you at all. And then it, it turns around and, you know, even super skeptical Lucas at the beginning, who was calling her, you know, a, a, like a right weirdo, basically like, like we do is now like shit. Well, I've heard his voice now. So I, I believe her, I believe that she's, she's something special and, um, you know, her holding, the kid back in the school making him wet himself and uh and all of that is it's it's all a fantastic turn of events that any other tv series would absolutely drag out but stranger things i think does it in such a great way and the right way and makes it happen now and and that belief and sense of we can find will and i think from watching it even though i've watched it a few times now and i watched it again today you know like a third watch you start to believe like yeah, we can get Will out of this. We can save him from this, you know, rather than that feeling of, well, he's dead. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And especially with the uncovering of the fake dead body and his, the body that they're, that they have in the morgue is literally filled with stuffing like a, like a teddy bear would have. And I think the difference as well is as an audience member, we have always believed Joyce because we have seen it through her perspective and we've seen the, we've seen Gordy trying to get through the wall and, and everything that she's seen. Though I guess it could have still, the writing could have still spun us round and she could have actually been crazy, but it's never been posed as that i think from the beginning it's that we're on her side and every it's so frustrating that people aren't believing her but like you said the fact that we're four episodes in though which is halfway through the season though because there's only eight episodes Mm. in um the first season that uh you know yeah that things are moving there's not any there's no point where you feel like it's stagnating or slowing down it's like a slow ramping up and that's always how um Breaking Bad used to always feel. Like the seasons would be like a a slow build to the sort of climax 
at at the end um not that they're sort of comparable in that way but just in the way that i think it's it's like written with purpose there's no point in it where you think that um that there's any filler as you would say there's zero filler to stranger things yeah yeah definitely i i think there's everything at the moment anyway in particular seems completely necessary to the plot and to move it forward and to really understand what everyone's up to and what they're trying to achieve. You know, even Nancy's mom, when Nancy gets home and she's like, I can't believe, like you said, you were just talking. I know you weren't talking. I'm not stupid. I wasn't born yesterday. You know, there's, there's purpose to this, there's purpose to um, her reacting that way because it's, you know, one, her finding out about her daughter you know changing and like stepping into womanhood and she's it's almost like she's losing that connection but also she's out doing stuff with strange boys when there's people going missing uh and it's just these unsolved mysteries and she needs to kind of reel her in a bit and say do you know what nancy you need to sort your fucking life out because i can't have you disappearing as well you know um it's only a matter of time before, you know, something dangerous could happen to you. So, so stop it. So even, even storylines like that, that are supposed to be, I guess, relatively normal and fairly harmless have a purpose to the, to the wider story as well, which, which is what I really like about the show. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, well, should we should talk about some of our opinions via the judgments and uh this episode is is a little bit shorter because we got to recording late which was was my fault um but you know it there doesn't you go. Matter. what can you what can you do <laughs> that doesn't we've, matter. we've got we've got more episodes of these to cover it's fine <laughs> right, who is your favorite performer of the episode like who stood out to you um it, it it's always hard to see past Winona Ryder. <laughs> it's always hard to see past her because just her um, ability to just portray that that panic and dismay. But I think I'm going to have to give it to what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Charlie Heaton. This week, I think you gave it to him last week. I think I'm going to give it to him this week because he seemed like he had a lot more to do. He was a lot more involved with like Nancy. Um, and he, he just came across like just the absolute despair when he, then when Hopper comes around and says, yeah, we found Will, he's dead to then identifying the body and, and like the despair there to then this belief that there's something weird out there and getting to know Nancy a bit better. So he's kind of going through like grief, but then like immediately out of it again. So yeah, Charlie, Charlie Heaton for me did a, did a great job in this episode. Sorry, over explanation, but what about you? No, it's good, but it's also frustr- it also gets to my frustrations of me always asking you first because I also chose Charlie Heaton because for the same reasons, uh, in particular, I really like the scene where they're outside and um, Joyce is already they've already been to the morgue and Joyce is already not believing that 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 is Will's body. And, uh, Jonathan's like begging her and saying, look, I'm having with, I'm not letting him stay in the morgue for another night. Like we're having this funeral, like with or without you. And there's, 
the sort of crowd of people that are just people watching and he's sort of saying, you know, the show's over and it just feels really raw and emotional and he just, he plays it really well. And Winona Ryder is playing it really well as well. I think they work well together as scene partners Mm -hmm. and believable as mother and son. So, yeah. Well, let's, let's flip it on its head then. Who is your favorite character of this episode? I think I would double up and say Jonathan as well. Um, because I mean, I think him, I mean, he just went through so much. I mean, he's, how old is he meant to be? Like 16, 17? He's out there like shopping for coffins and he's really holding everything together. Um, while at that point he thinks that his mum is kind of losing it. And, uh, I, yeah, and he's continuing to like make the posters and do all of the stuff. So, um, oh no, he's not making the posters anymore. Um, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he's just, he's, he's, he's holding it together. What, who, what about you? Um, I think I'm going to have to go for his opposite number and say Nancy. I think him and Nancy, um, they've already got like a good on screen presence together, like a little bit of chemistry there. You can tell that there's uh, a history from the way she behaves around him and um, just this kind of inquisitive, like the smart kids in the Scooby gang kind of working shit out and then going, oh, hang on a minute, Joyce is right. And her being really involved and, and just her, um, I, I think she's really like central to this episode um and her kind of dedication to to barb is is growing and wanting to find her and un- like just wanting to know if she's safe and kind of figure out what the hell this mysterious figure is so yeah going with nancy for this episode nice and what about your favorite background performer one line or less uh well the, in the big school halt or the gym when they're having the kind of memorial for will behind the lads and 11 there's this other young lad who's sitting kind of like leaning forward this one's like got his elbow on his knee leaning forward and he looks really really like interested in what's being said but also looks like he hasn't got a clue what's being said (laughs) he just sort of stood out to me so i picked that youngster and what about you i'm gonna go with um the guy that goes into the upside down on the zip line he doesn't he doesn't say anything does he brenner like gives him like the nod i was gonna pick shepherd but he says quite a few things he says a couple of lines what does he say he's he's, 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 he's communicating while he's in there he talks about it being this that and the other and he oh corroded oh yeah he says something before he goes in there as well so that's why i didn't pick him because otherwise it would have been shepherd because he'd be the obvious choice but he had more Bloody than hell. one line, I think. So, Bloody hell. Do you want to go with imposed. him anyway? Are you feeling... No, I wouldn't let you get away with it. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> then I will say, what about... What about the guy I go with... that presents Will's body? He doesn't say anything. Ah, oh, such a sad scene. It's the fake, yeah, fake right, we'll go with we'll go with him. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say, can I get away with the fake body? But I guess it's not it's not a person. It's not real. It doesn't have a heartbeat, doesn't doesn't work it doesn't for me. Count. <laughs> yeah. Uh okay, what about your favorite line? 
Do you have a favorite line? I'm going to have, I, I think mine would be, um, the whole 11 moment and her being introduced to the school teacher, Mr. Clark, and then Dustin saying, um, second cousin, just as like, as an added element of let's remove this person as far as we can from like regular life so that he's never going to question it. So yeah, I'll go with that. What about you? Yeah, I like their moments as well. I like the bit just before that when he's like, we need to be alone so we can cry. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll go with that. Good choice. Uh, Favourite song? Uh, I'm going to stick with Should I Stay or Should I Go until it becomes number one, like Running Up That Hill did. I'm I'm never going to let it go. So, yeah. What about you're you? Petitioning, you're petitioning for it. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I liked that. I mean, it was a... It was a it was presented with different motive this time, you know, in the, when it originally was earlier in the season, it was a like nostalgic, nice memory. And now it's being used almost as like, will this, does this song drive out this demon as far as, you know, Joyce is concerned out of the walls. Um, so yeah, so it's good. And what's- I, I've, I've been getting a bit mixed up because I, F, wanted to rewatch Stranger Things. So we watched part of episode, we watched episode one earlier today as well. Uh. So it's the kind of mixing in my head. <laughs> yeah, sorry, go on. I was going to say, what's really good about um, what we know about the future of Stranger Things is that music is keeping Will safe, essentially. Yes. Um, given what happens in season four, I won't go into any more detail because one, we haven't got much time and two, you know, we've got enough spoilers as it is. So we'll leave that there. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Okay. And then last but not least is the precious, the one precious rating. Dom, did you have a number in mind before we started this conversation? Yeah. Has it increased, decreased or stayed the same? It stayed the same. What about you, Simon? Mm. Did you have a number before we started this conversation? Let's see. Did it increase, decrease, or stay the same? Same. <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know. What's the Spanish word for same? Uh, I think mejor. Oh, no, that's more. La mismo, 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 mismo. That's what I meant. El mismo. Say it. Mismo. Yeah. Mismo. <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, after three, one, two, three, nine. Ooh. Ooh. I think this happened oh. last week as well, didn't it? <laughs> it's like an eight, nine kind of um, I mean, imbalance. I mean, they're all great, and I'm not going to ever argue that it's not a nine. So, <laughs> I mean, the thing, I just feel like, yeah, I mean, I just feel like. They're all nines or tens. Like a spe- I can't think of an ep- a single episode that I dislike. I mean, even I know there's the controversial one, not controversial, but the only one that people seem to be polarized a bit by is in season two or three. I can't remember what which season it is, but when eleven sort of goes off and meets eight, I think it's number eight, isn't it? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the only one that kind of is a bit divisive, but um, yeah. So you're going to come up to a nine? I'll come up to a nine. The reason I pick eight is because I think it's a, it's like, it's a steady number. Like an eight is like, okay, this, this is like, eight is like cruising for Stranger Things and anything like 
batshit that happens and like really exciting stuff will push it to nine, ten, even mm. beyond. So that's kind of why I'm picking eights because this is kind of like a steady episode. Mm. We didn't really discover anything major, but we did obviously get Will, you know, being visible through the wall and these kind of moments and discovering that Will is still alive. So yeah, I think there's so many tens to come, but that's why I picked eight, but happy to go to nine. Yeah, it's kind of like set is setting the groundwork up for what's to come. Exactly. Um, but it's just so enjoyable. So like I said, like watching episode one and, and four today throughout the day, it was, it was really interesting having that gap in between because like the shifts are big, but it's not so dramatic. Like it's paced really well in a way that it feels believable, even though of course it's so supernatural and sort of sci-fi, but it doesn't feel that way. It feels grounded. And especially when you go from season four, which is so larger than life in terms of where they're at and there's helicopters and Vecna and all kinds of stuff going on to then bring it back here. If it was quite quaint, almost mm. it's like, yeah, okay. Will's missing. He's just been snatched up by Gordy, but we'll get him back. You know, it's <laughs> like, it's not like the end of the world. Hawkins has just been split in half with the ultimate gate, you know, kind of situation, but it's so exciting to know that that's where we're, we're going to go. Mm. Um, but yeah, okay. Well, great. So thank you for listening. Apologies again that this was a bit of a, a shorter episode to everyone out there. Appreciate you listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, tell someone you hate. We don't mind. We just <laughs> would like more listeners because we enjoy interacting with everyone. Dom, it's a pleasure as always. Anything to say? Uh, no, I just um, next week we'll have a longer episode uh, for episode five. And yeah, thanks, Simon. It's been awesome as always. And thank you, my friend. So, Ravens backwards from free? Of course. And maybe you could do it in the voice of Joyce. <laughs> the voice of Joyce. That's the your... voice of Joyce. That so we can be a rejoice. Segment. Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Well, honey, we're going to count back from three and say Ravens. One, no, three, (laughs) two, one. Ravens!